Kids. Exodus 24 and Exodus 31 through 34. My presence shall go with thee. Let's start with a game. This game is called air drawing. I want you to take your index finger and pretend to draw whatever I'm describing to you. Pretend that your finger is leaving a beautiful line of light behind it in the air as you move. Pay attention to where these air lines are being drawn so you can remember what pictures you're making. We'll start easy on this first one. Are you ready to draw? Okay, draw a straight line down in the air, about as long as your foot. Now, from where you just stopped drawing, draw a straight line to the left, about the length of two of your feet. From that point, draw a straight line up, about the length of your foot. And for your last line, draw a straight line to the right, about two feet, and stop where you originally started drawing. Okay, what did you draw? Uh, a square. Okay, next one. Now, take your finger and draw a diagonal line going from the bottom left of the space in front of you to the upper right of the space in front of you. Now, from the place where you stopped drawing, draw a straight line across. Now, from the spot you just most recently stopped drawing in, draw a diagonal line, this time going left to right from the top to the bottom of the air in front of you. Now from that newest bottom stopping point, take your finger and make a steep diagonal line to the middle of the air in front of you, high over your head. Now from that point high over your head, make a steep diagonal line down to the bottom left point where you originally started drawing from. Okay, what did you draw? A star. Okay, last one. Ready? Draw two rainbow shapes, one after another, touching in the middle, kind of like the McDonald's arches. Then, from one of the outside edges, draw a diagonal line down and inward and have it stop below the middle of your two rainbow shapes. And from the other outside edge of your rainbows, draw a diagonal line down and inward from the other side and have it stop below the middle of your two rainbow shapes. Okay, what did you draw? A heart! Just like you drew with your fingers. Last week we learned that Moses went up to Mount Sinai and the Lord drew with his fingers on stone tablets and gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And just like the last shape that we drew was a heart, the Lord told us that keeping one of those Ten Commandments specifically shows him that we love him. The Lord told Moses that when the children of Israel keep the Sabbath day holy, that commandment shows him that they love him and want to be his people. So honoring the Sabbath is a sign of my love for the Lord? Sure is. The scriptures say, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. 
Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations, for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested, and was refreshed. And he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. So we will feel refreshed if we keep the Sabbath day holy, and God will feel our love for him. Yes, honoring the Sabbath is a sign of your love for the Lord. Keeping the Sabbath day holy can be easier and more joyful when we realize that it's a sign of our commitment to the Lord. It shows Him that we honor and we love Him. And signs are important. Signs are important. Let's play a game. I will describe a common street sign to you guys. And you need to guess what sign I'm talking about. You're going to play along with Isaac. Are you ready? All right. This sign is red and it's in an octagon shape and it has a four letter word on it. What sign is that? A stop sign. Yes. Cream of the crop, dip of the top, and there we stop. All right. This sign has a big X across it with two letter R's on each side of the X. A railroad crossing. All aboard! All aboard! Let's go! Yeah, I'm surprised you knew that. Good job. All right, this sign is red and white, and it's in the shape of an upside-down triangle. And it has a word on it that starts with Y. Uh, a yield sign. Now I, Sididimus, yield to thee. Yes, apparently you're a road warrior, Isaac. <laughs> All right, this sign is a long, narrow rectangle. It has a black background and a white arrow pointing from left to right. The first word on this sign says one. What sign is this? A uh, one. One car per street? Nope. This is a one-way sign. There's only one way, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this sign is blue, and it has a white figure on it. The figure is sitting down on what appears to be a large circle. Uh, I know it. Uh, handicap parking. It was parked in a handicap zone. Perhaps they towed it. Yep. All right, this sign has a big red circle drawn around it, and it has a big slash across the circle, which means no. And then inside the circle is an upside down U. Uh, no U-turn? Let's get this tin can turned around. Was that a guess? Because you got it right. <laughs> All right, this is our last one. This sign is black and white, and it usually has two big numbers on it. But the numbers on it are always different depending on which kind of road you're on. 
Um, an interstate sign? Nope. Um, uh, a big black and white sign with two letters on it. <laughs> two numbers on it. Hey, take it easy, Pappy. 25 mile speed limit. Don't forget, honoring the Sabbath is a sign for our love of the Lord. We have some friends that are going to help us from the church headquarters in Utah today. Vivian, Afton, Hiram, Winston, and Vienna are going to share some ways that they show their love for the Lord on the Sabbath day. Hi, my name is Vivian, and one way we keep the Sabbath day holy is to go on nature adventures and see God's beautiful creations every Sunday afternoon. Hi, my name is Afton, and I like to listen to church music. I Hi, did. my name is Hiram. And we like to eat pizza together as a family at night. My name is Winston, and I like to go to Bahamas. Hi, my name is Vienna, and sometimes we like to watch the chosen together as a family and play games together as a family. Okay, next game. This is called Gold Nuggets. We're going to ask our friends, Addie and Elsie, some tough questions about gold. I want you guys to play along with them and see how many answers you can guess correctly. Try to get all five of their gold nuggets. Well, howdy, partners. Are you here to prospect for some gold? Well, I'm sure happy you came. Now, let's start with your first question. Where did all the gold on the earth come from? The office being created, Heavenly Father was like, oh, I need something shiny. He was like, okay, Jesus, you go make something shiny. It could be like yellowish, kind of like this one. And so Jesus made something called gold, and it was very shiny. Yay! <laughs> okay, guys, what do you think? Geologists believe almost all the gold on Earth arrived during meteorite showers over two billion years ago. These meteorites are thought to have formed following the collision of exotic stars. Yeehaw, giddy up, let's see what the next question be. How much does a one square foot cube of gold weigh? 101 pounds. Four pounds. Okay guys, what do you think? It weighs 1,200 pounds. All right, you ready for your next gold nugget? Gold is the most blank of all metals. Gold is the most valuable out of all metals. Ding. Gold is the most shiniest of all the metals. Ding. Okay, guys, what do you think? Malleable. Gold is the most malleable of all metals. That means pliable. Think of gold as the Play-Doh of elements. One ounce of gold can be formed into a thread reaching almost five miles in length. A single ounce of gold can be beaten into a 300 square foot sheet. A sheet of gold can be made thin enough to be transparent. Try doing that with Play-Doh. All right, here we go, yeah! Can you eat gold? No. Yes. Okay, guys, what do you think? Yes. Don't try this at home. You need a special gold leaf, but 
Gold is edible in small quantities. Last nugget. How many times do you think gold is mentioned in the King James Bible? 20,000 times. 1,200. Okay, guys, what do you think? It is actually mentioned more than 400 times. We're going to learn about one of those times gold was mentioned in the scriptures right now. Okay, remember how last week we learned that we can put the Lord first in our lives? One of the messages from the scriptures this week is the importance of keeping the first two of the Ten Commandments. Do not worship anyone or anything other than the Lord. Let's listen to what happens next to the Israelites. Moses took Aaron and 70 Israelite elders to the mountain to receive more of the Lord's teachings. The Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord told Moses to leave the elders and go even higher up the mountain. Moses obeyed. The Lord used his finger to write his law and commandments on stone tablets. For 40 days, the Lord taught Moses many things. While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the people of Israel got tired of waiting for him. They told Aaron to make statues for them to worship, like they had in Egypt. Aaron gathered all their gold and made a statue of a calf. The Israelites worshipped the golden calf and offered sacrifices. They said the golden calf, not the Lord, freed them from Egypt. The Lord knew the Israelites were worshipping an idol and forgetting him. He commanded Moses to go back and tell the people to repent. Moses came down from Mount Sinai and saw the Israelites worshiping the golden calf. He was very upset. The people weren't ready to obey the law and commandments the Lord had written. Moses broke the tablets and destroyed the golden calf. He helped the Israelites repent and remember their true God. Moses asked the Lord to forgive the Israelites and to make promises with them again. Moses promised to lead and teach them. The Lord asked Moses to create new stone tablets and go back to Mount Sinai. The Lord made a new promise with the Israelites and gave them his Ten Commandments. So Moses was up on Mount Sinai for 40 days. And the Israelites, they didn't know what happened to him. They looked up at the mountain and they saw smoke and fire. And they didn't think Moses was ever coming back. So they took all the woman's earrings and all the gold they had and had Aaron, Moses' brother, melt it down to make this golden calf idol to worship. Crazy. It does sound crazy. And they had just been freed from slavery through all these miraculous plagues. They had been saved from the Egyptians by the Red Sea splitting in half. They had food sent down from heaven. They had drink water that Moses crushed out of a rock. I mean, they were protected in battle. All of those experiences, you would think their faith would be solid. The scriptures say how the Israelites turned aside quickly out of the way. To me, that sounds like they turned instead of going where they were originally going, and they went off the covenant path. And it happened so fast. Moses was only gone for 40 days after all of those miracles. And that can happen to us if we don't put spirituality first in our lives. That's why doing things like 
studying come follow me listening to this podcast reading our scriptures going to church trying to be like jesus even when it's hard all those things they keep us happy and they keep us safe and on the covenant path let's talk about moses's brother aaron he was in charge while moses was gone when the israelites told aaron to make them a golden idol to worship he agreed to it even though he knew it was wrong What do you think Aaron should have done when the Israelites asked him to make a golden calf? He should have been brave and said no. Yeah, how might Aaron have helped the people instead? He could have reminded them who they were, God's people, and reminded them of all the things God had done for them. Yes, we need to stand up for righteousness, even when others pressure us not to. Have you ever had to stand up for what you knew was right? When I went to our stakes fathers and sons camp out, they had set up a movie to watch at the end of the night. Sadly, this movie was rated PG-13 and it wasn't a good movie. I didn't want to watch it even though all my friends did. Whenever all my friends at my age sat down to watch it, I resisted peer pressure and decided to go play soccer with a couple of older kids who weren't watching the movie. But even then, they eventually sat down to watch it. When there was no one left to play with, I sat down with everyone else. Just in a couple of minutes I sat there, the spirit was gone. It was an awful feeling. So I decided to ask a few of my friends to leave and go on play instead. And they did. Even though it wasn't easier just to watch the movie like everyone else, I'm happy I stood up for what I knew, and I knew it was right because I was able to keep the spirit with me and keep those bad images from the movie out of my mind. Okay, so here are our takeaways this week. You are blessed for putting the Lord first in your lives, even before other things that are good. Honoring the Sabbath day is a sign for your love of the Lord, and you can stand for righteousness. You guys, I have two bags of edible gold that I'm going to give away to two lucky listeners this week. This week, if you put the Lord first and stand for righteousness, let me know. Have your mom or dad email me at comefollowmekidspodcast at gmail.com and we'll do the drawing at the end of the week for the winners. Good luck. I'm excited to hear about all the good you do this week. And on that note, that's all we have this week. And until next time. Stay on the cut.